name is Shandy Chernow, and you're listening to the Shandyland Podcast. I am super excited today. I have Dave Finley. He is the Director of Food Safety and Compliance at National Coney Island Restaurants. They run 20 restaurants, probably more than 20. I'm sure that my information is a little sneakily behind the times, but in southeastern Michigan. Dave, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I am so excited to get into the land of National Coney Island. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so so National Coney Island, otherwise known as NCI, I find on your website, uh, quite a history. You guys have been around since, what, 1965 or something like that. Tell me all about it. Tell me all the cool things. That is correct. We've been around since 1965. We're family owned and operated. Um, we are in the Southeast Michigan area. We're primarily in Macomb, Oakland and Wayne counties. Uh, we have 17 restaurants. We do have some offshoots. We have catering, which we have a food truck. Plus we have um, the capability of doing smaller parties with our Coney carts. It's, it's a great place. Yeah, no have doubt. Ever, have you ever had a Coney dog? I have not. So a Coney dog is huge in Michigan. Um, in Michigan, we use a steam bun, natural casing hot dog. It gives it that snap. We use chili, yellow mustard, and onion. So can I ask a dumb question there? Yes. What is the, like, it, it, what's the other option besides a natural casing hot dog? Um, you could get, like, for example, Nathan's. Nathan's doesn't have a skin on theirs. Just no, no, no casing. Have a skin. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I was, I was expecting like plastic casing, like unnatural. (laughs) That's not the case. So that's a good thing. Just no casing. Um, But no, I know exactly what you're talking about when you kind of get that, like "Mm," right into the hot dog. Oh yeah. The louder the snap, the better the dog. Well, I hope that's a tagline somewhere. So you've been there, right? You've been there for quite some time. Tell me your journey working there. Did you know, how did how did that story go? And now you are a director. Yes, uh, thirty one years ago, I started over at our Seven and Mac location. Uh, the way I got my job is my friend Paul, who was the manager at that location, he called my house looking for my friend Chris, and I'm like, Chris isn't here. We were playing basketball. How old are and, you? And uh, oh, I was in my teens, late okay. teens. And he was like, I need him to work today. I'm like, I'll work. And I said, no, he's actually here. And he's like, you know, can you come in today and possibly tomorrow? 31 years later, here I am. So when I first started, I was a busser dishwasher. After about a year and a half, I moved up to a cook. I was a cook for about two years. Then I became an assistant manager. After maybe three years, I left that location and went to one of our busiest locations. I stayed there for roughly five years. Then I went and opened up a new location. I was there approximately a year. We opened up three at Detroit Metro Airport. So I got to go there for about a year or so. Then I was offered the job as our food director. And I've been doing this ever since 2004. So it's it's been a, about 18 years. Wow. That's a long journey. I mean, that's a long time to stay with a company. So you must really, really love the culture there. Absolutely. We have a lot of longevity here. We have, we have an employee who's been with us 57 years. Oh my God. Since, since 1965. Exactly. 
Holy moly. That's amazing. So what types of things does NCI do in order to foster that type of culture where people really want to make a career out of being there? Uh, it, it starts with the ownership. We we have a great owner. Um, he'll he'll do whatever it takes to make us succeed. Like what? Give me an example. What's a good story you have there? Like if you need something, all you have to do is ask. Don't be afraid to ask, and we'll get it. You know, we're always asking our employees, "What do you need to make your job easier? To make it better?" You know, just because we did something 30 years ago doesn't mean that mentality is going to work today. So we might have a piece of equipment that was great 20 years ago, but it really doesn't fit our function today. Then somebody can say, well, if we ended up buying this, it would make life so much easier. And like that, it's done. You know, it's so interesting that you say that. It brings me back to another episode that I had had um, with another restaurant group out in California. And in the the CEO said the exact same thing. It's really the employees who know. So many restaurant groups make all these decisions kind of in a vacuum at corporate and don't spend the time to say, okay, well, would this help? Is this something that can fix it? And worse, a lot of times employees will feel like they don't have the empowerment to come and say, hey, you know what would be really great? X, Y, or Z, right? So, so fostering that culture is something really special. Oh, yeah. And it, it's nice being a family owned restaurant opposed to being a corporate restaurant or a franchise. So, you know, we we have someone who cares. Yeah, that, that's pretty obvious. Um, I think that's pretty amazing. So what led you to really fall in love with the food safety side of things? <laughs> so um, when we were having our health inspections, I would always say, hey, you know, it's about that time the health department's going to be in any minute. What we have to do is we have to make sure that we're doing everything right. This can't be here. It needs to be moved over here. Same with this over here. Then eventually I would go from my store to another store once a week. You know, I would pick a different store. I would do a random inspection. I would give a copy of the report to the store manager. Then I would also give one to corporate. And, you know, it was an internal way to find out if they were following all the procedures that they were supposed to. Right. But what did you like about it? What did I like was we were, we were on on the path to do everything in the correct way. Everything was, is going to be safe. You know, temperatures were proper. People were washing their hands for the um, correct amount of time. It was all those little things. And I, I played a big part. So when I first got into it, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, what, what could I do to make it easier? So I know everyone loves checklists. So I came <laughs> up with a checklist for each location. It's just a nice continuous walkthrough throughout the restaurant. You've never been to one of our locations. You could pick up that checklist. You could walk the entire restaurant in 12 to 15 minutes. Um, and it was, it was a, peace of mind. So if the health department came in, you didn't have to worry, is the mop hose disconnected? Because you did your checklist. And you could do the checklist, you know, four times a shift, eight times a shift, whatever you needed to to feel comfortable. Just making sure that everybody knows all the things that need to be done in order to meet the expectations or exceed the expectations from a food safety perspective. 
Yeah, because a lot of people, this might be their first job in, in the food industry. It could be their fourth job. They were probably never trained properly. So what happened was maybe three years after being in the position, I, I was um, you know, looking into becoming a proctor administrator. So I ended up doing that for food safety. Um, about a year later, I also did it for alcohol safety. We have some restaurants that serve alcohol. So I became a proctor. So I got to teach classes and I love teaching classes. They're so much fun, um, especially alcohol safety, because we, we get into some, you know, different state laws. People might not know that something that's not allowed in our state is allowed in another state. Then uh, when it came to food safety, it was the same thing. I was teaching people who might've worked in a restaurant for five, eight, 10 years, but they never knew X, Y, and Z until now. And, and you feel you know, like you did your part. No doubt. And a lot of the food safety stuff, I feel like you can learn from a classroom perspective, but until you're in the restaurant doing it, you know, maybe it doesn't quite stick, right? Like the, you know, what layers of the walk-in do different things need to go on? Layers isn't the right word I'm looking for there, like shelves, right? This can't be above that. This has to be above that, et cetera. You know, until you really kind of do it, the academics of it, maybe you're a little bit slippery in someone's mind. Oh, yeah. And, and by going there, even to this day, and just doing random audits, there's such an improvement. And it, it just brings a smile to your face. It's like, you know, I made a difference. That's awesome. So what does a day in the life look like? I mean, obviously, sometimes you're doing random audits of some of the stores. Yes. Um, I always say no two days are the same. I might wake up tomorrow and I'm teaching a class. I usually, when I, when I do teach the classes, they're well, well planned out ahead of time. Um, but I could like today, for example, I went to four stores tomorrow. I will be at just three stores. So I know usually a day or two of what my work schedule will be. So I'll, I'll go to one location. I might be there for 45 minutes. I might go to another location. I might only be there for 20 minutes. I might go to the third location, be there for two hours. Inspecting, it, it all training, finding things. Yeah. Yeah. Then just training or even doing uh, testing quizzes. Because you, you don't want to assume that people know everything. You know, they, they might have got the question right when you asked them before on, on a test. A test that I give usually has 10 questions. Sometimes it'll have 20. And it, it's for that uh, specific duty. So if you're a server, you're not going to have to worry about any internal temperatures of pork or fish because that's not your specialty. So when I first started out with the test, I kind of messed up because I just did a general test for everyone. I didn't know what to do. So I would give it to a server and they didn't know the internal cooking temperature of poultry, you know, and same thing with the bussers. Then when I finally realized, you know what, I need to make a special test for each, each category. And it made life so much easier. Um, it was hard coming up with some of the questions. You didn't want to make them all true and false. You want to do some A, B, and C, Ds, fill in the blanks. Um, but after a while, I was able to get it. And, you know, I would have people come up to me and said, hey, I never knew any of this. And it's like, you know, that's why we're teaching you. And now what I like to do is I like to teach people as soon as we, we hire them. 
And people, you know, why do you want to spend time and money training this person if they're only here for six weeks? What if they're there for six years? Then what? You're going to have all those bad habits that are going to carry over, or you're going to have other employees who are picking up those habits. Train, train, train. Yeah. What happens if you don't and they stay, right? Yes. Much worse than if you do and they leave. So what other things are kind of encompassed under food safety? We talked about hand washing and, you know, um, cooking temperature. What are the other things that people don't necessarily think about that you spend your time thinking about? Um, so when I, when I go into a restaurant, you want to make sure your, your employees, their personal hygiene is number one. If you went to a place and you saw somebody where it looks like they just got done changing the engine on their car, you wouldn't want to eat there. You want people to look presentable. You know, a lot of people say a restroom is an indication of how clean the kitchen is. And it's the same thing with workers. You don't want to walk in and see somebody who's dirty. You want everyone to look clean. Um, you know, hair is combed, it's washed. They look, you know, freshly bathed. You know, it's so funny that you talk about the restrooms. I took my, my kids started school today because in Arizona, we're crazy and do things early. Uh, but so we went out to a nice dinner last night to kind of celebrate the end of summer and get them started on the school year. Right. And my younger son, he's 10. I'm like, okay, so what do you think? And he's like, mm, I got to go to the bathroom and see what it looks like before I give my rating. <laughs> exactly the same thing. And we've had crazy storms lately. And so he comes back, he goes, I'll give the bathroom an eight. There was water damage on the ceiling. And I was like, maybe they just haven't had a chance to get it fixed yet. <laughs> but I think that nice. he might have a career in the future in food safety. <laughs> hey, if he ever comes to Michigan, I can train him. Right. No doubt. Um, what are the things that you wish people knew? Like, you know, just kind of a general population things that would be helpful for people to know so that when you hire them, you don't have to think about something that you think is super obvious. I guess it would be the basics of food safety, but again, you can't assume that anyone was taught anything from their previous position. Um, it, it would be nice if people had a basic concept, but if not, that's where I step in. And I don't mind training, teaching. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's rewarding. Yeah, I I, uh, I can see how teachers get excited when when you know the school year wraps up because they made a difference. I feel the same way every time I administer a test. That's awesome. So cool. All right. So let's pivot back over to uh, National Coney Island. I see you guys ship Coney kits. First of all, yes. I want to hear everything about that because you can kind of experience National Coney Island in your own home. Was this a, a pandemic pivot to be able to sell those? Or was this something that was going on before that? We've been doing Coney kits for 20 plus years. Oh, wow. Well, that must yeah, have been so, helpful when all this stuff yeah, hit, yeah. but tell me all about them so that people know what they can order and get to their house. So if you went to nationalconeyisland.com, you could order a Coney kit. You can ship it anywhere in the continental United States. And what you get is 24 buns, 24 hot dogs, chili, mustard, and onion. Um, there's also directions on how to make your Coney dogs. It's great. Um, you, we ship them everywhere. Yeah, I bet. So half restaurants, half manufacturing business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that must be a really popular option, I would think, especially from people who have moved from, 
you know, the Detroit area to other areas of the country? Absolutely. I bet you we're probably at about, if I had to guess a number without looking at them, probably about 6,000 Coney kits a year. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That's a lot of hot dogs. Yeah, you, you get a lot of people who moved away and they miss home and they need that taste of home. No doubt. 6,000. That's a lot. So anybody who's listening and wants to try a Coney kit, they're right on the website. Super easy to find and they look amazing. I think I might be ordering one myself. Something else that you guys do that is super duper cool that's just different, kind of differentiating for you. You mentioned it a little bit when we were talking about um, in the intro, you know, with talking about the restaurant you do some really cool things for catering. You don't just provide food. You actually have a food truck. You've got Coney carts. You make an experience out of, you know, someone bringing a catering job to you. Yeah, we do all, all parties, all shapes and sizes. We've done parties probably as small as 25 people. And I know I was a part of a party that was uh, 2000 employees. It was a um, employee appreciation luncheon. So it's everything in between. We take our food truck to different festivals, firework shows, uh, you know, local, local, local parks when there's something going on. Um, it, it's a great thing to have. Yeah. Super cool. And tell, to them. tell me about the Coney carts. Are we kind of emulating like the, the hot dog carts on the corner in New York or, or uh, Chicago? They're, they're a little bit different. You know, ours are probably about eight feet long. Um, we'll have a grill, we'll have wells for the chili and you just make the hot dog, serve it. It's real fast. A lot of people like to use the, uh, Coney carts at graduation parties. They might not have a room, you know, the room for a food truck. So we'll bring the, the Coney cart. Usually, you know, it'll be somewhere on the driveway and, you know, people come up and they love it. Actually for my daughter's graduation, it was, uh, in 2020. And we had the Coney cart come to my house. Nice. Well, that had to have been a lot of fun, especially at the end of such a crazy school year. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's so crazy. Um, So you guys grill the dogs and steam the buns. Yes, we do. That's not how other people do it. But with with a natural casing hot dog, you have to grill them on, on a flat top grill. If you were to put them on the barbecue, it, it doesn't give it justice. It doesn't taste the same. So when you cook it on a flat t- top surface, you're going to get that snap. You're cooking the skin, the casing, and it's, it's amazing. There's, I mean, there's another chain who will remain nameless, but has dropped some locations here in Arizona. They boil them. Ah, no, that's like putting ketchup on a hot dog. In, in Michigan, that's frowned upon. It's chilly mustard and onion only. <laughs> Will you still like me if I put ketchup on my hot dog? Absolutely. I'm from DC where they didn't, they didn't teach me the rules there. <laughs> Why can't we have ketchup? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a law. It's an unwritten law, but it, it's there. <laughs> so will you guys serve them any other way or do you serve them hardcore the way you like them? the way you want it. So if you came up and you wanted it mustard only, we'll give you mustard only. If you wanted ketchup, usually we have ketchup at the table. If you have the Coney cart or the food truck, we'll have ketchup there for you as well. But they'll give you a dirty look for using it, huh? 
<laughs> no, because that's one less thing they have to put on there. <laughs> Makes it easier for them. Hilarious. I love it. I mean, it's just kind of so fun, right? Like such a great culture, such a like employee love run business. And I, I just think it's fun. I'm just giving you a hard time about the ketchup, although I will no problem. totally 100% put ketchup on mine. Um, so tell everybody where they can connect with you and with National Coney Island online, and especially where they can order their Coney kits. Yeah, nationalconeyisland.com. Once you go to our website, there is a spot where you could order your Coney kit. Very simple to do. Uh, we only do orders Monday through Wednesday. That way um, you'll get it in time for the weekend. We really don't want to ship it on a Friday. And let's say it made it to your place on a Sunday and no one was there. So we only do shipping Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. And again, it's only in the continental United States, but we, we can deliver to your place. And connecting with you or any social media options? Uh, social media, um, you, you could go to National Coney Island uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I am uh, one of the people who run it as well. Well, yeah, I mean, social media and food safety, they go together hand in hand. How can people find you? Is LinkedIn the best way or email? Um, I, I hardly use LinkedIn. Uh, email would be the best. And it's D-F-I-N-L-E-Y at nationalconeyisland.com. Love it. So then we get to our section where I like to torture people with two truths and a lie. So in no particular order, and do not tell us the answer, three facts about yourself, one of which is, you know, false. Okay. Uh, my wife and I, we've known each other since the third grade. Another one, um, I once ate seven Coney dogs in under five minutes. And the last yeah. one. Yeah, we're going to have to do it again because. No problem. House. So this is what happens. The Amazon man shows up. The dogs bark. <laughs> this part will get edited out. <laughs> no problem. Just bear with me one second until Liberty stops barking. She's a German shepherd. The beginning? Yep. Oh, nice. I'll just. I'll just ask the question again or not. I already, I, I guess you can just blah, 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 two we, truths and a lie. We, we can it. start it over. Yeah. yeah. So you start your part over. So two truths and a lie go. Okay. My wife and I have known each other since the third grade. I once ate seven Coney dogs in under five minutes. And the last one, um, I once had one of the top 25 fastest 100 meter dash times in all of college. Really? All three of those are good ones. Third grade reminds me of a George Strait song. <laughs> Dave Finley, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for giving us such a great insight into National Coney Island. I really appreciate it. And I know everybody learned something while we were talking. Uh, listeners, thanks so much for sticking around. As always, this has been the Shandyland podcast, and we will talk to you soon.